Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now, here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the exit planning podcast show. Today's guest is the CEO and founder of a leading channel partner builder that helps executives to grow their database of clients and customers. And we're going to hear about her firm and their game-changing approach right after this. Attention all business owners, are you seeking to learn more about exit planning? True North Mergers and Acquisitions is excited to announce our M&A Summit. Join us on September 13th at the Minneapolis Event Center for a day full of panels, guest speakers, and breakout sessions that will emphasize profitability for your business. Register for this free event today at www.mnaclub.com. TNMA.com slash events. The summit will feature keynote speaker Russell Price, the chief economist for Ameriprise Financial, whose work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and Bloomberg News. Join us on September 13th at the Minneapolis Event Center for our MA Summit. Register for this free event today at www.tnma.com slash events. Space is limited, so register today. What we see with many businesses is that they've never gotten marketing to work consistently and the marketing they do doesn't meaningfully impact their bottom line. Data approaches it differently by partnering with clients for long-term sustainable marketing solutions. They start with a consultative crawl, walk, run approach that helps you scale your marketing efforts naturally. Data provides marketing for the long-time success of your business to tell your story in a compelling way and to make sure the value you bring is apparent to everyone. Go to data.com for more information. That's D-A-Y-T-A dot com. Trustpoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Visit TrustPointInc.com for more details. Many business owners planning a business transition often feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. I'm Kyla Hansen, a partner at JAK CPAs. We can guide you to make sense of the numbers and the tax pieces of your transition. Leaving your business successfully takes time. So contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at www.jakcpa.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are here in the studio with Jody Weinberg, who is the CEO and founder of JTEL Connections. Jody, welcome to Poise for Exit. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for having me. It's, it's awesome to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited. We're having some very interesting and good communications together, right? The last <laughs> yeah. several months since yes, we met. Yes, yes. Um, but most recently, man, I have learned so much about your company, and I'm so dang impressed, I have to tell you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like really glad that you're on the show because I know that there are people in our audience who are going to be very interested in the services that your company provides, and I'm not just saying that. So... I want to just dive right in and talk about JTEL. Talk about like, what do you guys do? What 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 are the primary services of JTEL Connections? 
Um, our core competency is business to business, high level appointment setting, typically sales mm -hmm. with hard to reach decision makers that are qualified. Mm. And unlike telemarketing, which I am not beating up, there is a reason for everybody out there. But to me, telemarketing is really B2C, business to consumer. It's a yes or no answer. It doesn't require a decision maker or qualification. Mm -hmm. So I look at it as roofing and siding, follow up on your car service, personal lines insurance, which is all well and good. But ours is definitely takes more intel. We have to find the decision maker, pitch them, get an appointment, and qualify it. And this is through the um, relationship that you have with the companies who hire you. Obviously, you got to do some work to get to know the company, get to know who their ideal client or customer is, right? Yes. Um, they fill out an implementation doc once they engage with us for the initial 120-day trial. And what that is broken down into thirds. The top third is demographic information for their ideal client or prospect. And that's where we pick your lists. We also do channel partner calling if somebody wants to engage with referral partner, somebody's yeah. going to refer business to them. Again, mm -hmm. we're going to procure a list based on their favorite referral partner or the best person to refer business to them. Somebody in the realm of their industry, but obviously not exactly what they do because then it would be competition. Of course, right. And then they fill out a bunch of questions. I create a dialogue. My background's public speaking. So to me, writing a dialogue is writing a speech, which is no big deal. Sure. And then, yeah, we just, the client scrubs the list, has a final look at everything, approves the pitch, approves the e-marketing, and then we call away. Well, I have to tell you how impressed I am with your service and your process. And, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, I have firsthand experience. I am um, in the throes right now of a project with Travis, your partner. And wow, that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. He I mean, I, yeah. okay, this is no lie, people. Yeah. This is no <laughs> lie. The very first list that we started working on, I got a, I got, well, I got several people to contact me after like the first three yep. messages that yep. you guys sent out. Travis does, yeah. Yeah, that Travis sent He's out. So and oh my gosh. And so I literally just met with one of those people in person <gasps> last week. Oh my God, that's great. It is great. I know, I never told you that. Um, this is wow. news, right? <laughs> so, I mean, this is a like that's like, a high, that's like, a quick turnaround. It very much so. Well, what it what does that say? What that, that what it says to me is that the content of the message that Travis is sending out is something that is compelling enough for someone to return an email and ask for more information, which is what this person did. Actually, a couple people did. So, yep. you know, we're not even done with that first campaign yet. So, I'm just it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for those of us who are, you know, building books of business, you know, looking for our next client or next uh, customer, and we could like, we could use some help on that front end, right? And have someone help us warm them up so that we can spend our, our time doing what we do best. Um, boy, that's, it's time and money well spent. Yeah. Well, and 
you know, that I'm really happy to hear how fast the e-marketing went for you because, um, you know, it's just a few hours of follow-up calling a week with, you know, 1,000 to 3,000 emails a month, you know, depending on what you want. But um, the core, when we're doing the end-user calling, I mean, it uh, it just doesn't happen that quickly. It doesn't. We, my average clients average annual growth mm-hmm. sale from one of their customers in a year are five to seven figures. And, you know, it's about pounding the pavement. Mm-hmm. But as we're building the pipeline and cold calling all those hours per week, we're getting appointments in there. Yes. And the one thing that people need to understand is, again, not telemarketing, not a bunch of appointments. No. You know, not like 10, not even 10 a week. I mean, we're talking like probably four to six a month because they're with decision makers. Right. Most of the clients want large enterprise. Mm -hmm. And you got to qualify them. You got to ask two to three questions to make sure that they're in the client's sweet spot. Yes. And I think that that's what you guys do so well. And I understand that it was unusual the way it did happen. I guess what it what it tells me, though, is even though it does take, I expected it to take a year, um, which I think would be normal. Yeah. Um, and even that, you know, that's a pretty dang good ROI. But, um, you know, it's probably the timing of the conversation. You know, there's a lot of owners out there that really want more information about exit planning. And so I think that um, the timeliness of, of the content is and what they're looking for is probably a big factor there, right? Yeah. Um, uh, coupled with the fact that that you guys are so professional and um, you don't mess around. And so, yeah, it's definitely not, it's not telemarketing. It's no. way more than that. So and how, how, how did you get into this? Let's talk about that for a second. And I, I just want to add into because I think it's sure. really important that people understand that we look like we're part of the client's company. Yes, right? you do. Yeah. So we have an email at the company. We have calendar access. We actually set up the meetings. We send the invites. We watch to make sure they're accepted or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they're not, we call up and you know find out did it go in your spam or why basically why haven't you accepted it? Um, so it's all very transparent. How I got into it was um, 33 years ago, I was having my first child, who is also a small partner in the company now, Mm. Um, probably the hardest employee I've had to train. Um, You know, they say don't hire friends or family. That's definitely a reason, but she's turned out to, she's going to be taking it over. She's doing a good job, but I was... um, Actually, it it turned out the night I went into labor, but the family's insurance broker was at our house, and she said to me, you know, when you're ready to work, I've got something I want you to do. So Paige was like three months old and started making noise, so off to my mother she went. And I called Cheryl and said, okay, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? And she said, I want you to set me appointments. And I always act as if. So I said, oh, okay, and I had absolutely no clue what that meant. Fake <laughs> um, it till you make it. My, right, right, exactly. Yeah, right. And my background is credit and collections and public speaking. Yeah, well, you can get so on the she, phone and talk to anybody then. Exactly. So she knew that because she knew it since I was a little girl. And um, she came over, and we wrote a speech or a script. It was commercial insurance I was calling on. And that's really where it started. I used to work out of a recipe box 
And sure. somebody would say, you know, pipe, talk about a pipeline. We'll follow up in, you know, why don't you try me in September? And I'd write on my little recipe card and put it, my, of course, today we're all electronic CRM stuff. But yeah. that was really the start of it. Right. The old-fashioned Rolodex. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, I had one of those, too. Mm-hmm. So do you have any specific industries that you like to focus in? Do. Yes, okay. we do. And they've changed through the years. At this point, we are not limited, but do a lot in, it's under the professional services umbrella. Mm-hmm. So technology, med tech, med device, uh, manufacturing, and we really like to bring value to venture capital, private equity, small portfolio companies to help them grow. Mm, interesting. And really what I'm looking for when I say professional services is there was somebody in my business many years ago that was a mentor, and he used to use the term DV, and so I stole it from him. And it's what that means is a differentiating value. So when I'm Mm. looking for a client, I'm looking for a differentiating value where I can create a script and get them in the door. So years commercial insurance years ago, people wanted relationships. Today, it's really more of a commodity. Right, it's more price than anything. I think. Yeah, yeah, and they can do it online. Right. So I've got to be careful about sure. the industries I take because they really have to have a strong DV for us to stand out. And right. Get them in the door. Yeah. Otherwise, it's yeah. I get. Otherwise, it. yeah. it's there's nothing different about what right. we do. And they just tell you to get in line. Yeah. <laughs> or no, I'm not interested. Thank you. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 So you don't necessarily close the business though. Not guys, at all. You guys open the door, get the appointment, and then the expert goes in and yeah. Does what I call dog and pony show, which yeah. Travis and Paige call for me, call for JTEL. Sure. So we keep a pipeline. Nice. And yeah. I have to do the same thing my clients have to do. Mm-hmm. I will assist in closing. I have some clients that, believe it or not, they're not good closers. Yeah. So Sometimes. I'll get on the phone with them, or yeah. I will give them tips. So even if I if I get on the phone, they, I act like, you know, we're part of them. So sure. Well, you know, when you think about uh, statistics in general, when it comes to salespeople, you take 100 salespeople and you have 80 of them doing, or 20 of them, I should say, doing, doing 80% yes. of the business, right? Yeah. Um, maybe the statistics are even more, you know, tight than that. Maybe it's even upward, you know, 5 yeah. or 10% of the people that are doing the majority of the business. So I think that that's just the way it is across industries and across, um, you know, the sales people, salesperson world. And in my experience anyway. Yeah, and my best closers are not the long line of salespeople. Yeah. Um, they're really owners, C level, presidents, VPs, and that's about it. I mean, they've got some skin in the game. Right. So they are the expert. Mm-hmm. They do they can make the sale work. Mm-hmm. You know, they can adjust pricing, terms, etc. Mm-hmm. Salespeople really don't have that kind of power. Sure. So, but a lot of times, you when the leaders that you're talking about in those specific roles, many times they do wear a salesperson's hat in addition to being an executive leader in the company. That's very common. Absolutely, it's kind of how they got you know where yeah. they are, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that you have myriads of stories that you can share, success stories. But let, let's just start with one that comes to mind that would kind of illustrate, 
you know, the best work that you do and how it came about and how it was a game changer for the client? I guess the best one, I mean, I have, I have two that stand out, but the best one is a cost reduction company out of Houston. And he called me, I think it was 2002, maybe I was a couple years in the business and he got a referral from a Minneapolis guy and he called me up and is it, He's Italian, and he said, you know, I, I did my thing back then, and my dog and pony show, if you will. <laughs> and he said to me, all right, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you your trial. But if this doesn't work, I'm done with this appointment setting or whatever he called it. And he said, <laughs> this is my third round. And I said, okay, no problem. Third and round with you or third or company? Third company. Okay. So he joined us, and 17 years later... He's wow. yeah, yeah. And he was just a small it was he and his wife when we started, just a small little company. Wow. And he's not like that much bigger in terms of headcount, but in terms of his average sale per customer and his company revenues, he's like had a seriously a seven hundred and fifty percent return. At one point it was five hundred wow. and then it went to seven fifty return on investment. I mean, the company's like well over seven figures now. Wow, you should have an equity stake in that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I actually did. Give you one, but you know, I know I actually did for a while. So <laughs> did you? Yeah, and then it, well, like a divorce happened. So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that happens. Yeah, that's right. So um, he was, the, but remember, we're great openers and they're great closers. Yes, and most of the clients aren't starting to close until year two because the size of the average sale, sure. as I mentioned, five to seven figures, really, unless you're, you know, you, you're a needle in a haystack and right. for some reason they need you now, which most of it's relationship building, um, it's not going to happen until year two. Right. And we tee it up as a relationship call. We Good. don't tee it up as, we don't even say, are you bidding? Are you happy with you? We don't say stuff like that because that's a yes or no answer. Yes. So it's, this is who we are. You know, this is why we think you should meet with us. And are you open to it? It's really that simple. Right. Yeah, when you're selling a relationship, it definitely is long-term. You're not selling a used car. You're not selling a microwave. Right. You're not selling a diamond ring, right? You're yeah. selling a, a relationship. And, of course, you have to establish trust. you got to establish yes. some common ground. You have to figure out what it is that's going on and put yourself in their shoes, all those good things. Yeah. Um, that's just unusual. I, I, I love the the way that you guys have, you know, worked this process out and and acquired all these amazing clients doing this work because, mm. I mean, I said it before at the beginning of the show, this is a game changer. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think sure. so, you know. And then the second client that I like to boast about has been with us, I think we're in year 11. He was a referral local guy, doctor of physical therapy, although you, he's got clinics all over and not everybody's a doctor and he's he's an entrepreneur now he's really yeah, sure. become an entrepreneur um so his deal is on-site injury prevention to lower work comp claims um and we've gotten him, him into companies like you think about a warehouse that's got a big warehouse cargill walmart delta airlines kroger foods and he didn't close anything till the second year well so he started at the typical like 
20-ish hours a week. He's at 420 approximately a month now. Wow. I mean, like every member of my team is on that account. And he's very metric-driven, and he has a 10-to-1 ROI year over year. Wow. Yeah. But they're great closers, again. Yeah. Well, a great closer needs a great opener. Yeah. Right? Yes. Right. That's fantastic. So as far as like cold calling itself, we didn't really talk about cold calling because would you, would you consider the work that you're doing a cold call? It doesn't really, yeah. Is it it a cold call? Yeah. We don't know who we're we're talking to. Are you warming them up with an email first or is, is that part of the process or no? It's part of the process. We do one message a month for five drips Okay. and we watch to see we're, we're looking for a five star return. Mm-hmm. So we watch for four to five stars, which we consider the top 200 of, say, a thousand, whatever number of emails. Mm-hmm. And yes, we do. We pick up the phone, hoping that it's anonymous, because the four to five stars means that they've opened the email multiple times from multiple devices. Mm-hmm. They've gone to your website, and they've probably gone to your LinkedIn, and then we pick up the phone at that point. So that's anonymous. So that's maybe a titch warmer, but basically most of the stuff is cold. Sure, but not as as cold as what I think that society would deem as a cold call where you're picking up the phone and calling somebody randomly that you've never had any touch with or communication with. You guys really do electronically at least warm them up and you're yeah. calling people who have had sh- who've shown interest so you're not wasting your time, you know, talking to people that don't have time for you. Yeah, and we're very professional about it, you know. Oh, you have I mean, to be. With not these, that I need to say that, but... Yeah, the size of sale that you're seeking yeah. is... A, yeah, you would have to be. Yeah, we're targeting the right decision maker, the right title in the company. You know, again, we're part of the client's company, so the value proposition is clear and concise. Yeah, there's no kids working for me. I don't mm-hmm. hire out of call rooms, mm-hmm. the mortgage. These people are seasoned, experienced, mm-hmm. Average tenure to date is nine years. Travis will be with me 13 next week. Fantastic. So these people are seasoned, mature, experienced. They know what they're doing. Yes. And they stick around. Well, that says something for the work, and they must love it, and you probably pay them well, and you got a good culture going, so good for you. Thank you. Yeah, love to feature women entrepreneurs anytime yeah, I can, and you. this especially was rewarding. So Great. Thanks, Jody. I'm sure that there's uh, maybe one or two tips that you could share with our listeners real quick before we wrap yes. up. Yes. If you're deemed to cold call and your company's not willing to outsource it, as much as salespeople hate it, do it every week. Keep a pipeline going. Um, have a CRM or an Excel doc, something that's got alarms, reminders, because we cannot re- we cannot remember everything. And I, we tell our people, if you can't sit down for a minimum of two hours because it needs a rhythm, then don't sit down. Oh, sure. To make calls, you mean? Yeah. But oh, I recommend like 10 hours a week, probably. Good, good. Yeah, that's good advice, actually. I, I've got a list of... Um, a bunch of people that I have to call about a program I have coming up just to talk about the program and see if they have questions, yada, yada. But there's like 50 of them. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, two hours at a time. That makes sense. Yeah, you got to right? have a rhythm Got to sure. have it in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, well, gosh, this has been awesome. Yeah, it Thank has. you. Thank you. Yeah. But I want to make a plug to you because I previewed your book. You did. And I read yeah. the testimonials and... It is so real. I mean, it's not a bunch of fluff. It's like the real deal. And you could tell that 
it's you that wrote it, not a copywriter or a word person. And you can tell that you're award winning and you've been doing it a long time and you know what you're doing. So thank you. Poised for Exit is a great book if you want to learn steps to exit. It's not about doing it. It's about preparing for it. Right. And the testimonials are, they speak for themselves. Thanks, Jody. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was a really good, really good job. Awesome. That's the best commercial I've ever had for that book. Oh, All right, people, but you better listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Please join us again next time.